Hello, my name is David Tan, and you're listening to Like the Color. In this podcast, we dive into what makes creatives of all kinds do what they do and how they got so dang good at it. In this episode, we talk to Anna Catherine Fitch about modeling, marketing, and how we stay creative during the quarantine. There are also some really good tips for recognizing good people to collaborate with. Catherine Fitch. I'm from the Southeast. I'm a model and I currently work in marketing. I've been modeling for about seven years or so now. Cool. Seven years. How have you liked that so far? I absolutely love it. I think something that's been so interesting about it is sort of seeing the dynamics on set. And for me, like I mentioned, I'm working in marketing now. So a lot of what I learned over the years in the modeling has been really instrumental working in marketing and doing video shoots and styling and prop styling and everything else. Just having years of experience sort of being on those sets and working with clients is definitely very helpful to me now. So I really enjoy it. Cool. Mm -hmm. What kind of modeling did you do? So I've done a little bit of everything. Um, I am about five, eight and a half, five, nine. So I don't do a lot of runway, but I've done a little bit of that over the years. And then I've done some catalog modeling. I've done commercials uh, just a little bit of everything, a lot of uh, magazines and spreads and things like that, a lot of bridal, um, just a little bit of everything over the years. So. Cool. And what kind of marketing are you into? So right now I work at an advertising or marketing agency in my hometown and I'm really enjoying it. So we do a little bit of everything. We're really primarily uh, rebrand companies. So companies will come in and say they need either a full rebrand or they want you know, certain like a new logo or certain materials printed with a new logo or a new brand strategy or anything like that. So we do a little bit of everything, um, really anything advertising or marketing we can do, but we do specialize in rebranding completely. So we usually take a client and we redo their entire messaging, brand strategy, logo, everything, and then kind of help them through that process going forward. Yeah. And what's your like favorite part about doing that? Oh yeah, that's a tricky question. I love so much about it. Like I mentioned before, being able to model and kind of see the um, the art direction that goes on behind the scenes and the styling and everything else. Um, Once I started going into the marketing and doing a little more of that um, on a regular basis, I really love that. But what I've realized is my favorite thing right now is actually SEO, search engine optimization, where you go into websites and you redo a little bit of the code and the meta descriptions and everything else. And when you do that, you're able to optimize it to where like if you were to search, for example, advertising agency in Birmingham, you would have um, your client or your own company go further up in the search results. And there's a lot of things that go into that. And you can tie that in with Google ads and keyword searches and everything else. So in the past, I'd say two months or so, that's kind of what I've been specializing in. But yeah, that's definitely my favorite part at the moment. Cool. And through your seven years as a model, do you have any highs, like favorite sets or favorite productions? There's been so many great experiences and for different reasons, of course. Um, I've been on so many sets where the people I've met have been just amazing and so creative and inspiring. So those have to be my favorites. But as far as just an experience overall, when I went to uh, South America, to Santiago, Chile, we ended up doing a commercial in the Patagonia in the south of Chile. And that was just a next level experience. And I was so fortunate to get to do that. So that would have to be my favorite because I had never, that was my first commercial and I had never been in that area or anywhere close to that area. 
So we were up in the mountains and it was just picturesque and beautiful. And the people were so kind and so amazing. So that definitely has to top the list. Yeah. For the people that are looking into modeling, what was something that when you started out, you wish you knew? That's a great question. So I guess the main thing would just be, and this sounds a little cliche, but really have confidence in yourself and your look. I think it's really easy, especially if you're young. A lot of the people getting into modeling start out like myself at 14 or 15 or even younger at times, and they'll go into development. And a lot of the time when you're that young and you're getting into modeling, you know you need confidence and that's what you, you know, need to be portraying when you go places, but you're also in such a developmental stage that you don't really know who you are yet for the most part. So I think what I would say is take everything with a grain of salt, any criticisms you get or anything else, take that with a grain of salt and try and just figure out who you are first and foremost and, and bring that into every interaction. So try and figure that out, gain confidence in yourself, and then you won't be nearly as phased by any of the judgments or any of the criticisms or anything else that sometimes can be very prevalent in um, the modeling industry. And so I think if you can really, like I said, form an identity for yourself and then just be very confident and very transparent with people and kind, I think that would be the best advice I could give. Yeah, that's cool. So we did talk about like the highs being going to Chile and going to like being able to travel to amazing places. What would you say would be a low? So actually, funny enough, I would say my low would be that same trip where I got to have that amazing experience. I was going into Chile, not knowing a word of Spanish, not speaking it at all. And I was kind of thrown into this culture that was so different from mine. And I had to learn really, really quickly. Like I had to adapt and that was very good for me. But I would say at the time I was experiencing that, that was probably one of my lower moments because it was a time of vulnerability for me. I think luckily those experiences shaped you so much and you really gain even more confidence in yourself through them. So while I was going through that and it seemed hard at the time to learn the culture and kind of learn the city and everything else. And I believe I was 17, maybe just turned 18 at the time I went. So I was pretty young. Um, I think that would have to have been my trickiest or most difficult time during modeling. And like I said, I think it worked out for the best because I was able to kind of push through that and prove to myself that I could be in another country by myself and, you know, kind of understand the culture and, learn a new language very quickly and everything else. So that would have to be that. Uh, What would you say for the people that are going into kind of a new place? And for you, it was Chile, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe some people are going to college Mm -hmm. or going to a new city and trying to find themselves. What do you think was an important, like pivotal idea that you had in mind about like trying to figure out who you are and like, going into a new situation and coming out at the end better. Yeah, absolutely. So I think really, um, like, let's apply it. Like, for example, I'm in college now. Let's apply it to someone going to college, right? So if I were going to, or I guess when I was going into college, it was a similar thing to the advice I would give to people going into modeling. It's very much about understanding your identity and not running from yourself and knowing that, okay, if I know myself well enough and I know what I value and who I am, then really nothing can phase me, right? I can go into college, I can have hard times, I can try and adapt to this new situation, but I will always know who I am and therefore I will be good to go. Like I won't have any troubles that are going to phase me too terribly or anything like that. So definitely I think you just have to adopt that mindset if you're going to take it head on, you know what I mean? You're going to go in and not be scared or afraid, but really have confidence in yourself and know that at the end of the day, you'll make the right decision. And if you, you know, stumble along the way, it's 
only going to be good for you because you're going to become tougher. So. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so the whole world has pretty much changed in the last year and trying to fill up time is yes. what a lot of people are trying to do. And you started doing a lot more things by yourself, mm-hmm. like self-portraits. Can we talk a little bit about that and how you came to that, how you learned and what you're trying to do with it? Yeah, absolutely. So that has been really um, fun for me. So I said for years, really at the very beginning of my modeling career, so 15, 16 years old, I decided I really want to do photography. So for years and years and years, I've been telling myself, I'm going to do photography. I love to edit. I love to do everything else. Like this would be an amazing outlet for me. And this goes back to the confidence thing. I just wasn't confident enough in myself to do it. I was like, okay, well, you know, you've been around so many great photographers. Like you're going to be so embarrassed trying to, you know, do your own work and everything else. And so then I finally got myself a camera and said, you know, what, we're just going to try it. And so during quarantine, it gave me the time. Obviously we have a lot of time. Gave me the time to, you know, really sit down and be like, okay, if I could create anything, what would I want to create? And so I went and tried to make mood boards because the original thought was, okay, once we get out of quarantine, you know, I want to start doing some more shoots, yada, yada. So I went through and I was looking at mood boards and inspiration photos. And I was like, this would be so interesting if I could do X, Y, Z. And then it occurred to me, well, I have a camera, I have a blank wall, you know, I can get myself a light and a tripod. Let's try it out. So it started very organically in that way to where I was like, okay, well, let me just set up. If it's terrible, no one has to see it. I don't have to post it, you know. And I, I set up my photos and I started taking them. And I very instinctively, having done, like I said, seven years of modeling, I started doing my hair and makeup the way I wanted and the styling and everything else. And it really sort of all came together. Um, and I had learned some things over the years with editing and things like that. So it all came together for me to make some, I, I would like to say, um, for me, I impressed myself with, with the product I created just because I had zero experience. And then I went in and used all these tools I had learned over the years to make something that was at least, you know, somewhat good for a first attempt. So I was proud of that. And I've tried to kind of grow that over the quarantine and hopefully keep that as a hobby, hopefully a lifelong hobby. But yeah, I've really been fortunate to have the time to express that creative side and go in and try all that for the first time. So, Yeah, that's cool. And I've liked everything you've posted yeah, you added like some graphic design elements, like the type behind, mm-hmm. right? I actually uh, hand wrote that. I do a little bit of calligraphy as well. And so I um, actually asked my boyfriend if I could borrow his iPad Pro. I said, like, could I please borrow your iPad Pro? I need Procreate. I just want to try something out. Mm-hmm. And that was the first photo idea. Actually, before I even started the photography, I had um, seen an inspiration photo that was similar And I was like, I wonder if I could do it. I feel like I can do a little calligraphy. I can maybe get this photo how I want it. And the very first one I posted from the series of photos I've taken over the quarantine was that one that was self-portrait on just one of the walls in my room with um, my calligraphy on the background. That was just song lyrics, I believe. But um, anyway, so yeah, that was very fun. I definitely really enjoy using Procreate. I think it's something that if you have any creative inkling whatsoever, try it out um, Mm -hmm. because it's really fun. Starting this podcast, I've had so many questions, and I found a lot of insight through listening to audiobooks. Listening to audiobooks while doing chores around the house, working out, or just going for a walk has been such a great way to intake information. I listen to my audiobooks on Audible, 
You can help support this podcast and start your free 30-day trial on Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash like the color. That's audibletrial.com slash like the color. There's also a link in the show notes. Can you talk a little bit about that? So I actually went to school for graphic design. I think we talked about that Mm -hmm. for a second. And I'm like all Adobe because it like costs way too much to not just use everything there. So uh, like what is Procreate? What can you do? What is it like? Yeah, Mm -hmm. if you could pitch it to me. Absolutely. So I know I know just a little bit about it because the only thing I've really used it for is just to play around. Um, But what I think the reason that I knew about it was I follow a few calligraphy accounts on Instagram, actually. And I'd seen them post about it. And I was like, this is just so gorgeous. They're being able to break their um, calligraphy and everything into a digital form. And I would see in their captions and their comments and everything else saying, oh, I use Procreate. Like, well, interesting. So I had heard about it. And then when I got um, my boyfriend's iPad that I stole for a little bit, I got that and started playing around with it. And it's really just an iPad app. And I believe you can get a version on your phone as well and just use a stylus with that. But it's mostly, um, you can choose all sorts of different brushes and everything else. And you can do, you can draw anything you want to. They have all these different elements you can use in order to create artwork. For me and for a lot of people, we use it for calligraphy. Um, If you like to do brush lettering, which is kind of a type of calligraphy or hand lettering, you can do that and use those same brushes you would use in person that are mimicked on the Procreate so you can create downloadable files of your handwriting and your, like if you were to write out quotes in your calligraphy or anything else or even branding elements. Um, So really it's just, if you remember, I know when I was growing up, they had this um, like old desktop computer game that was like Pixar or something where you Mm -hmm. would draw all the different things. It's a grown-up version of Pixar, essentially. Um, so you can really do anything you want with it, but it's basically just like a blank slate. You can drop in images, you can write over them, you can draw and everything else. So, yeah. Cool. So to pivot back to photography and modeling, I don't know if you've seen like Instagram and Twitter has been really involved with like making modeling more of a safe space, you know? Mm-hmm. Like trying to make sure that creepy photographers, stylists, and like makeup artists aren't taking advantage of whatever position they're put in. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of that. What do you think is pivotal in a healthy collaboration and like kind of red flags for unhealthy ones? Yes, especially um, to anyone listening that may, as we mentioned before, want to be a model or is an aspiring model or anything else, or just really is even in that industry. Um, I think red flags for me, and I've seen a lot of these listed on a lot of the posts that you're mentioning on Instagram and Facebook and everything else. Um, but it's really just a communication thing for me. Like if I have someone that I can get on the phone with, if I can FaceTime or anything like that, like if I get an offer from someone and they don't send me any personal information whatsoever, like I don't get the phone number right away or their email address is a little sketchy, you know what I mean? I usually, whenever I go to do a shoot and I'm very, very, um, not paranoid, but very aware of, you know, the potential issues that can happen. So I try and really vet everyone that I work with. So my advice would be go in and look at all available social platforms, because sometimes you will see red flags of like, um, people having blocked them a lot or people 
being in photos that you'll have a comment from that person under it that said, you know, I didn't know you were using this, or you can just tell there's a little bit of tension between the clients and the photographer or the videographer mm-hmm. or anything else. But yeah, definitely go in, see all of their social platforms, see if there's anything suspicious there. And really, you should always ask to bring someone with you if you're going to a location you haven't been to before, or it's a new photographer or videographer. You should definitely bring someone with you and even just to see and kind of check and see if they may or may not be being a little creepy or a little sketchy. You should ask them, even if you don't intend to have someone there, ask them, can I bring a friend? And if the answer is no, there's a good chance that might not be the best situation. So I think that's the advice I would give. And those are the red flags. If there's anything that seems a little tense on social media, if some of the posts are a little off or they're not being transparent with communication or safety guidelines like bringing someone with you, then that's definitely something to look out for. But I think you definitely can have a successful modeling career or really any creative career if you'll just be doing a little bit of research into the people that you work with prior to meeting them. Yeah, it's really Mm -hmm. helpful. Cool. So for people that wanted to check out your like self-portrait series on, I know it's on Instagram, where could we find you on social media? Absolutely. So all of my handles are just Anna Catherine Fitch, F-I-T-C-H. And um, I guess we'll have it linked in the bio of the podcast as well. So you can go there. But yeah, that's where you can find me. If you want to check it out, Her self-portraits and curation on her Instagram is top-notch, and there are links in the show notes. Thanks again to Anna Catherine for coming out to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining today's episode. My name is David Tan, and that's Like the Color.